A New York fashion designer profile shows some fashion schizophrenia. It's summertime, which means it's not Barbie time. Although it kind of is. And finally, someone starts talking about silhouettes the way God intended it. That's today on the Genspec Fashion Cast. Hey, did you hear about that one movie? I don't know which one you're talking about, to be honest with you. But seriously, just to avoid talking about Margot Robbie and Pink and uh, girls' toys, young girls' toys made by Mattel. Breaking news. Project Runway marks its 20th season. Now, check this out. This is why I bring this up. Because Project Runway is a nice gateway for a lot of people who don't have any sort of idea about what this world looks like. It's a really nice, uh, it's like a gateway drug. It's like, you know, hitting a doobie or something. And then you start trying other stuff. Although, I'm not... um, I'm not suggesting you go down that route. Um, but it's kind of the same thing. It's like uh, Project Runway is like, you know, your um, street chronic. Uh, and it gets you hooked. It gets you hooked. So, 20th season. And uh, it's celebrating with its all-stars competition. So, the reason why I say it's a nice little gateway is because... It is something that's very mainstream. It was something that's very popular and obviously still popular if they're renewing it for 20 seasons and they have the budget to do a finale. And I'm sure it's going to have pretty good uh, viewership as well. So we want to read a little bit from this article, but also we just want to uh, comment on, you know, that's a big deal to have a an entryway into the fashion world as let's say just your average Joe, um, because and uh, obviously that's a running theme with this uh, program, uh, but it's very true and I can even tell you in my own experience, um, me going down these types of pathways which have already always been there really um, in one form or another. Um, I wouldn't say like ridicule, but um, more of like curiosity from people I know. Um, it's nothing that I'm ashamed of, but um, it raises questions, I guess you can say. But uh, ain't no shame in my game. I think we were uh, peaking a little bit, so we went ahead and lowered it a little bit. Hope that's a little bit better for you. Now, with that being said, uh, the other thing, though, is that we want to speak to um, the, an actual audience. And for this, I think it's primarily, and it's taking, it's been a long, long road to get to this point, but I think it's primarily going to be um, dudes like me. And if some people who don't fit that mold um, also find themselves attracted to this content or even the um, designs that we put up, 
then that's also great. In fact, more um, women have bought lamb dog um, apparel than men. So there you go. Money talks. Uh, but regardless, we want to bring something that's a, a little bit more of an edge. So there is like the artistic graphic design side of it, but there's also the fashion side of it as well, uh, which is also pretty important too. So now you may be wondering why it's important. Um, well, first off, it really segments out the the target audience. And what I mean by that, because obviously I really enjoy looking into marketing um, and it's a, just a passion of mine. And so one of the, but it, uh, the funny thing about marketing is that it also translates over pretty frequently into other aspects of life. So if we're talking about looking at something that is meant for this particular audience, but it also brings something that they're not usually presented with, that is what I think is worthy of the time and effort that we're doing here. So, and also because it's um, something that I was drawn to, and it's like, what else am I going to do? Watch talky picture shows. My ADD will have something to say about that. So, uh, but when we're hammering out that, uh, what do you call it, that particular audience, you know, the other thing too is that we don't need to always be talking about dresses and, uh, <laughs> you know, high heels and stuff like that. Um, but it is good to notice because... Here's the thing. To a certain extent, you can borrow from the opposite sex, the same sex. It really doesn't matter. Now, there are certain lines and boundaries, and this is something that I've learned um, as I've gone along. Uh, there are certain lines and boundaries that I would say probably most men don't want to cross, don't feel comfortable crossing, and that's totally fine. Um, I probably wouldn't wear a dress, for example, or high heels. Um Yeah, I just wouldn't. There is a lot of messaging that comes with it. And um, I like how women look in that particular type of dress. And so I can borrow from their... I can borrow from certain things that they're doing, like silhouette, which we are going to get into and we touched on a little bit. But it's not like you have to wear exactly what they're wearing. You don't, It's not like you have to like wear makeup which is also what makes it interesting as well because when you go into these this world these articles these magazines these blogs these youtube videos these whatever podcasts a lot of it is about hair and makeup too which you know obviously as a man you can make stylistic choices about your hair but makeup is up until really really recently not something that you ever really broached or touched or considered and most guys probably wouldn't either the last time I wore makeup was for a photo shoot so and it was professionally it was like stage makeup so um and also makeup's really expensive so plus you know I think like a lot of other guys uh not to be speaking for everyone but just this is my uh conclusion is that um, we're not really drawn towards that it's not like necessarily you know oh, I want to you know if I involve myself in the fashion world, it's not like I want to start wearing dresses and, um, 
skirts and halter tops and makeup. Um, but I would like to see the breakdown of, you know, who watches Project Runway. Um, and not even just a, a specific type of man, because I know a lot of people might jump to the conclusion that it's a specific, specific type of man, regardless. You know, a lot of these men that are on the show and the designers and Tim Gunn, etc., you know, they also are not wearing dresses. So even if they're not traditionally masculine, they still wear male clothing. So, um, very awesome that it's uh, at 20 years. Gotta love that, man. Let's read a little bit from this. We have a designer named Bishmi Cromartier. Um, she says, I'm a totally different designer in person than I was before. She's back for the All-Stars competitions. Grateful for the chance to show the judge how his work has evolved. I'm focusing on making sure I'm more intentional with my designs. He adds, citing his avant-garde take on streetwear. He's also looking forward to the camaraderie with the other participating fan favorites. So uh, that makes a lot of sense to me, being intentional about it. Um, that's like any design aspect, really. I'm just I'm just coming off the top of the cuff here, but um, makes makes perfect sense. I mean, for example, if you do something that's really really complex, there are times where people will look at it and be like, "Wow!" And we've touched on this before. It's, they'll say something along the lines of like, "Wow, this has a lot going on." <laughs> you know and it's like man i put so much work into it and that doesn't always equal better um sometimes it really is more about simplistic and um and that's what it's a it's a fine line and that's what um the artists themselves they're the ones that etch it out you know it's uh not to sound pretentious but um you know michelangelo um when he carved the statue of David, he specifically picked this one piece of marble um, that he didn't have to fuse two of them together. And it had to be like brought in from wherever they excavated it. And he carved the big, tall statue. It's like 12 feet tall, maybe taller, out of one single marble piece and didn't mess up or anything like that. And um, he was quoted as saying, things along the lines of like yeah i see the person like in there they're just trapped and i'm freeing them so not that that's true in a a literal sense but mostly just that that's how defined his vision was was that he saw it as like an actual thing that was in there that he was carving out so that's a pretty far reach from like throwing some you know like let me give you another example of a way that you can design is just kind of move things which happens a lot in digital design. You move it, okay, do I like it? You know, make the font bigger, change the change the font, change the positioning, move it over here, snap it to this guideline. Okay, do I like it? As opposed to, here's my vision, here's what I'm going to set up to do. Very, very different creative process. Um, and now that we're going into summer, of course, there is a lot of room for simplicity, a lot of room for bright colors. Um, which has been pretty standard. Um, there was an article that I read about um, Kylie Jenner, um, and if you look that up, it's pretty standard beach attire. So nothing too, nothing too crazy there. Nothing too over the top. 
So besides that, you know, we also want to talk about this uh, article that I read about a New York designer who said that she was um, trying to bring, bring more power into the feminine and that so there are basically two conflicting points that her and the that she, excuse me, and the author come to and that this is what they are. Okay. And anyone can relate to this. It's not just women, but these are two women obviously. So they both agree that when they dress and they say they speak for women writ large, which a Fair enough. Um, they say that when a woman dresses, she does it for herself. And I was like, oh, um, I, I can, I can go along with that, for sure, definitely. You know, just like I remember, and I, I think this is true for a lot of boys when they're younger. For some reason, they just are like, you know man, I look so good. <laughs> it's just very confident, very, uh, uh, there's a bravado there. Um, so very, there's no convincing. It's not like, you know, you have to convince that person like, oh man, you know, you're actually really ugly. I mean, maybe they are, but, um, most of them, even, even traditionally in a societal sense that would be referred to as ugly, might even still have that kind of um, delusion in a good way. Um, and so when they are picking out their clothes, it's just to accentuate, you know, it's it's building on what's already there. They kind of already like what they have, so it's not like they're trying to hide anything or play it down. Instead, it's the opposite. It's, it's playing to their strengths. If someone has that sort of mindset when they're young, which I think I, I did at, at times for sure. That's for sure. So, you could say that that's for yourself, but then very shortly thereafter, she then says, you know, well, the way that we dress now, women as a whole, you know, we like that we are taken more seriously. And again, I also get that, but it kind of is a contradiction to... Um, the other point that she makes. So rather than just dance around the uh, generalities here, we want to get to the specifics. So the writer, her name is Lynn Yeager, and the designer that she's writing about, her name is Ula Johnson. She's Ula is 49 years old. Okay, so this is Lynn Yeager writing. She says uh, she's not quote she's not alone in her reliance on a dress from Ula Johnson, whose designs at once vaguely frilly but not ridiculous, pretty but not sticky, bohemian but never unkempt, more and more reflect how women want to look today, no longer bound by the arcane rules of appropriateness, nor forced to troop around in basics. They, okay, we, are free to don a puff sleeve and nevertheless be taken seriously, unquote. So, I thought it was very interesting that this is a pretty stark contravention to we're dressing for ourselves. But again, there are it's it's such a multifaceted thing that you engage with when you um, even 
choose. I mean, let's say I wanted to go to the gas station right now and go get something to drink. I have to put something on. That's a pretty low effort fashion choice, but it's something, you know, is it what's closest to me? Is it what is the cleanest? Is it, do I go to the, my drawer and pick something out? What do I wear? How much do I care? There are a lot of decisions that go into it, even though it's just that. Um, so we don't, we don't want to be oblivious intentionally. So, um, it's, it's obvious, but it is still interesting that the person would say that ultimately it's for themselves. Um, who knows? Maybe it's either that that's their ideal or that's really what they believe in. In a sense, that would seem to be a little bit delusional. But I'm not calling these women delusional, not at all. They have magazine articles written about them. So that says quite a bit. So then she talks about the practicality of clothing. Um, so John, uh, Jaeger says, um, Johnson 49, quote, Johnson 49 is among a cadre of female designers who are answering that age-old question, what do women want? We are thinking here of people like Catherine Holstein at Kate, Neely Lotan, sisters Nikki and Simone of the eponymous Zimmerman, women who, like Johnson, launched, launched their highly successful businesses with little industry fanfare. These designers owe their popularity not to the din of social media or the relentless shilling of so-called influencers, but to the clothes themselves. And this is continuing on, quoting, what's her name? Uh, Ula Johnson she says I really care about every detail where the pockets go where the zipper is I put scuba pools on the zip so you don't have to ask someone to help you Johnson explains I firmly believe women dress for themselves they want to look amazing for themselves if you wear something that makes you feel you can truly be seen for who you are well then my work is done interesting very interesting so um, the reason I bring this up is anybody, man, woman, doesn't matter. Um, that I think is a question to really, um, investigate yourself. And, uh, it's not something that I would put too much mental stock in, but it is something that's pretty interesting. And this is something that is a brand new piece that has been written so this is what people are saying in 2023 this very month even and then at the very end of this article she's talking about the studio that she returns to the designer returns to after covid she's saying it's uh so full of light salons where this quoting from the article, you can hang out and watch your friends try things on, is meant to allow for all manner of creative experimentation. I think there is something joyful, optimistic, and powerful about what we do, Johnson says. We can be wildly feminine and still be strong. Interesting. Very interesting. So many connotations. So draw from those what you will. Um, I encourage you. It's 
a whole buffet of food for thought there. Um, speaking of which, let's talk about the early 2000s, which has a soft spot in my heart, especially recently. You know, I've been watching like Gordon Ramsay, uh, Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares, where he is actually in the UK and he's like, oh, you know, you can't even cook a rock of lamb. And uh, they get into like these like spats, you know, and they're like, oh, um, he's like, well, you take, you know, they, it's very British. Can't even, I don't even do it justice. So, um, I think that they're trying to bring this back. Um, Indie Sleaze, if you recall last month, it was a norm, norm core was returning, which was like from the early 2010s. So I think that with access to the internet, people are yearning for this simpler time. And um, I was even watching old uh, Project Runway and um, that men had like the boot cut jeans and the frayed denim and like the spiked hair. Um, Wasn't very good look if you're asking me. But um, let's read some from this article. This one is it says get ready for rock girl summer. This is by Katie Kelleher. Kelleher. While there's plenty of variation in this new iteration of rock style, which she's forecasting as being prominent this summer, certain elements have taken center stage, from the exaggerated fringe in LaPointe's Fall 2023 collection to the slinky red fishnet dress at Ferragamo pre-Fall 2023. Designers have been embracing the bold textures of 70s funk and 80s glam, as well as the happy-go-lucky art school ethos of Ella Emoff and her generational cohorts. That's right. And the pictures in this article are, one of them is of, uh, is it Karen O performing in 2003? Karen O of Maps, uh, or sorry, Yeah, 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 Maps is a song. Maps is a hit song. Okay, we're going to continue on. At Celine, Heidi Slimane returned to his Oh, Hedy Slimane returned to his signature streamlined silhouette, which he zoozed up with plush shearling jackets and glittering metallics and turned classic L.A. concert venue, the Wiltern, into a runway with Iggy Pop, Interpol, and the Strokes performing and the Kills DJing. Blue Marines' Nicola Brogano chose to highlight a similarly elongated form for pre-fall 2023 with plunging V-neck dresses and dangling fabric belts since my first show she says the y2k aesthetic has served as a constant inspiration as in this evolving journey of the blue marine woman well there it is there you have it for designer bet shiva hey the central trope of her pre-fall 2023 collection was the ideal of the grunge doll that's pretty sweet you know maybe go on like Pinterest and look at like brats or something or do like a edgy modern adult take on like what Lindsay Lohan wore in the parent trap mm-hmm that's grunge doll or whatever grunge chic grunge doll straight up man straight up got ideas for days hey has been working at uh, reading hey has been working at the forefront of various core 
fashion since 2016, but this time she cut back on the cottage core ruffles in favor of a sharper, more downtown look. The pigtails were long, the ribbons were plentiful, and the overall vibe was one of measured, polished chaos embodied by the doe-eyed Charlotte Kemp mole. Yeah. She goes on to say, Rock stars carry the confidence above and outside elevating it. And then, again, a, a lot of these pictures are from early 2000s through the 2010s, um, which I'm totally here for, of course. Uh, I thought the 90s were... Um, I was more into the, the 2000s, even in women's fashion, um, like early uh, Paris Hilton pictures. Um, I mean, just classic, classic stuff. The whole, like, pop icon. You got your Britney Spears... So much to draw from. And it was also a simpler time as well. Not in a nostalgic way. I just mean that um, not everything was taken to the nth degree. Um, because there wasn't even like HD cameras back then. So it's not like everything was so honed in. You could take a simpler approach to anything that you were putting together. Which is ironic because... That wasn't necessarily what came out of it. It wasn't a. It wasn't simplistic. It was almost as if it was meant to be over the top, but with whatever it was, with the materials and the aesthetics and the means and the ideas and the inspiration that they had at the time. And so I was, you know, a young boy right before Y2K and people didn't know really what to expect. They thought the computers were going to freeze over and like reset and take us back to the Stone Age or something. And then on top of that, um, people had this vision of what was the new, um, what, what the new aesthetic was going to be. So they kind of did push the envelope in a lot of ways to to be like extra futuristic even though it turned out that that wasn't how it it uh shook out in the long run so kind of interesting um so uh, next we want to talk about the silhouette game which is something that doesn't matter you know who you are you got to get your silhouette game up for sure. 100%. Got to get the silhouette game up. The reason why silhouette is so important is because that's one way that you can... What's the word? Um, you can become informed across different ways that manif uh, fashion manifests itself. So, for example... If you're a man and you're going on Pinterest and you're looking at women's clothing, to me, that's actually a really big source of inspiration because you can kind of see where their silhouette is hitting them, what kind of decisions they made. Uh, let me give you an example. There is a, a period of time where um, Haley Bieber was wearing denim shorts or another kind of short. 
and she was wearing a ankle uh, length leather boot. And so it's kind of unusual and I can attest to that per uh, personally because I actually kind of ripped that off. You know, I bought some boots that were ankle length and then I actually wore them with denim shorts and it was so, I guess, mind-boggling to someone um, that they made a comment about it, about how it was unusual, which was good because to me it is a benefit of making fashion decisions that get noticed. Um, that's a benefit. So, mission success. So, anyway, looking at a woman's outfit, you can still take points from it, even though you're you're maybe not necessarily going and 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 buying clothes that were made for that type of of body. So, silhouette, I think, is one of the most fun things that you can have. Uh, that it's one of the things that you can have the most fun with that maybe color as well um, maybe proportions for example with accessories so I am reading from this article it's called Celestial Shapes it says it's photographed by Bridget Neidermar and it's styled by Anastasia Barbieri and the headline is, It's all about the silhouette as ethereal nature-inspired looks in neutral tones take on exciting new proportions. Now, this is uh, another one of these articles where it's all just pictures. But I definitely wanted to mention the fact that... Uh, uh, they So they're taking silhouette to a kind of exaggerated, almost like cartoonish level. Um, but even in our own fashion decisions you know we have a lot of room to kind of mess around uh, let me give you an example let's say so when you go to a, a store like H&M they have a few different types of fits they have slim fit they have what's called oversized fit they have long fit um, classic fit muscle fit and so what's the difference between these types of cuts it's directly related to the proportions of the actual shirt, the garment itself. So if you want to have that look of a longer silhouette from your top, then you would go with the long fit, the oversized, obviously, which is actually a pretty, it's a pretty big, I wouldn't say staple, but um, it's definitely a um, trend that uh, has been around for, I would say, quite a while. People that come to mind um, are Kanye West when it comes to the kind of oversized look and uh, consequentially um, Kim Kardashian. I just saw an article last night about um, the fact that Kim Kardashian, when she goes to pump her gas, is uh, always wearing like some real exotic outfit. So she's becoming like a fashion icon for like it's like, oh, I wonder what outfit she's going to pump gas in today which is uh, pretty sweet if you ask me. And uh, so one of the pictures that was in the article was of her wearing, it said Kim Kardashian wears Yeezy, uh, but it was hard to distinguish what exactly was made by Yeezy because as far as I'm aware, he doesn't make like full ensembles, uh, but it was kind of that oversized look. 
So again, and even you could say by her wearing that, there were some other pictures in that photo set where it was like a very slim fit dress and something that's more traditionally feminine. Well, you can say that by her wearing that kind of oversized baggy t-shirt pants and um, big big kind of chunky shoes, if I remember, remember correctly, you might say, well, that's a traditionally masculine look. You know, I uh, think of like the early 2000s, like the New York with the Timber Timberlands. Maybe you had like Rockaware jeans or there were a bunch of brands actually back then. Um, there were brands like um, Av- Avericks, I believe is, is one of the one of them, I think Lugs was making pants. Um, really long denim shorts was a thing. Uh, so denim shorts that extended past your knee was a was really cool. You were cool if you had that. Um, basically, when I was younger, I subscribed to X, uh, XXL magazine. And so I would get a chance to see all the fashion ads, which I guess are... Guess you could say urban streetwear. A um, lot of like designs on the, even on the front of the denim, which was really cool. So um, the main point being that proportion is a big thing. Silhouette is a big thing, and one way that I think people can open their mind, especially uh, people that are stuck in more of a rigid, traditional sense of what is acceptable or not, um, that it's totally normal and it's totally fine to take those t- sorts of cues from anywhere, really anywhere where uh, inspiration happens to, to strike. Um, and then to that point, I also want to say that comfort is a big thing, especially for a lot of men uh, that I have noticed kind of delving more and more into this sort of content and developing the brand as far as you know who who it's going to target specifically i don't have as much control because it's at the end of the day it's just um it's mostly graphic tees it's not like developing a fashion brand which apparently is pretty doable you just have to know how to make what are called tech kits and then you have to find a manufacturer so there's a a whole udemy course that i bought for no reason because I'm always buying I'm a sucker for like educational things so um but it was this very like straightforward business guy and he's like yeah so and he was like I think he's from like New York so he's like yeah so here's what you do you know you got to make sure you get your tech package and you you send it over he's like you can see this is a this is an Achilles type uh or no sorry he was like this is like a gladiator type sandal very nice, very beautiful for the woman. You could see that it has uh, the horizontal lo- uh, leather straps, so you got to make sure that's communicated in your tech package for when you send it off to uh, Venezuela. And uh, very beautiful, very uh, just exudes uh, exudes uh, excellence. Uh, so yeah, this is how you uh, create a fashion design. So apparently, it's <laughs> not super hard if you can make tech packages but that's a tall order maybe that'll be the next project but for right now um the emphasis has been more on the graphic side which is a whole 
pit, let me tell you. 2D design is, it's nothing to scoff at, I will tell you that. And then also, um, about the brand, one of the things is really trying to make each design have a message that is funny enough or communicative enough that it, it can stand on its own. And this is one thing that really draw, I probably is the main animator for why I am taking this, undertaking this endeavor in the first place is that um, I would go into places like Tilly's or um, PacSun and a lot of the clothes, when you look at the design, this is, this is huge, huge for men. And also women. I've noticed that women, you know, wear graphic design T-shirts. Um, maybe not as much as men because there are more. Uh, there are other options. You could wear like a blouse, for example. Um, but when you would go into a shirt or go into a store like that, the graphics are here. Here is a basic rundown of what I would see. The graphics on their own are not really that great they if the brand name wasn't on there it would just be like okay <laughs> and there's so many um, decisions that go into that as well like where's the graphic placed how big is the graphic what are the colors what are the colors in relation to the shirt what is the what is the message of the of the design you know for um, example there were those, um, somehow they were tied to Pharrell. I think they were like Bape. And so the whole shirt was like this little monkey looking character. I think it actually was supposed to be a, a monkey wearing like hip hop clothes. And so that was the main idea behind the shirt. So, you know, when someone else would look on, at that shirt, they'd be like, you know, oh, your shirt has a cartoon monkey on it. And um, that was, that communicated something to people who knew that that was a bathing ape shirt, that it had something to do with Pharrell or the Neptunes. And so to those people, it had a certain sort of value. But uh, what we're trying to go and why we, you know, always include the like, oh, we're the Macintosh or the Steve Jobs of graphic design is because you could know nothing about computers. You could go to a MacBook Pro, for example, and see the artistic design in it, see the utilitarian design in it, and even the aesthetic. You know, their whole that's that's Apple's like bread and butter now. When you buy even, for example, a pair of AirPods, they can come in this very distinct packaging, and even the opening of the box is uh, it's designed with the user in mind so you gotta love that any any company that if they're gonna take my money at least do it in an aesthetic manner and um that's really become iconic for them so and i can't really think of an analog of that that has hit it that directly on the mark so good job apple as always you know i'm always finding new ways to stand uh steve jobs So, the graphic itself maybe doesn't stand alone. 
And then the other thing that might happen is it will turn you into a walking billboard. So back in 2011, I used to work at Buckle and uh, we would we sold Hurley as one of the brands. We also sold like some Quicksilver Billabong type of uh, West Coast type of shirts. And their design element was always really random and not super aesthetically pleasing as far as like balance and form and repetition of forms goes. And then it would be like Hurley plastered across the the front of the shirt. And now that I have come up with this strategy of designing on a regular basis, releasing designs, putting them on shirts, and then making those user available and um, available to to buy and, and even wear, which they have, you know... A few people, <laughs> not a whole lot uh, at this point, but um, it's a tangible good that you can wear. And of course, I own some of my own <laughs> designs. Um, anytime I need a pep up boost, a pep boost, a morale boost, I just put on one of my shirts and look in the mirror and I'm like, oh, I made this. And then I go cry. So, um, yeah, it's like, it's like, what does Hurley say about me? And I'm always picking on Hurley, but I think it's because it's probably like the easiest target. It's like, what do they say about me? And also, what does it say about myself that I'm paying um, not a small amount of money? We're talking about shirts that may range from like 24 to $26. Some graphic t-shirts are like up into like $30, $32 is not uncommon. At, at the retail level and so you're paying them money to also be advertising for them now i will say they're not idiots they i know from everything i know that they tried to tap into the and this is really common the desire for people who want to dress comfortably um and of course, everyone, you know, no one wants to be uncomfortable, but there is a large cadre of people, and in my experience, a lot of them have been, uh, I don't have enough evidence to say it's one over the other, but the ones that I've heard have been mostly men um, who say that they're like, well, I want to wear something because it's comfortable. In other words, that the comfortability of the shirt or whatever the piece of clothing may be is a huge factor in their decision of whether the, whether or not they're going to buy it. And back at least when I was selling these shirts that were made by Hurley, one of their pitch pitches, one of their, you know, um, unique selling propositions, you could say, was the comfort because they were what are called tri-blend I think it was cotton, polyester, and um, some like third world country manufacturing, um, which is typically where they get those done. Um, it was the pain of the third world manufacturer. So it was cotton, poly, and uh, slave labor pain.
No, slave labor is only for the tech companies. They get paid to do what they do. So, um, and at the end of the day, everyone is taking a piece of the pie. And I will tell you, if you ever want to know all these different little bites that get taken out, just uh, send me a message or something. Because even if you, for example, on WordPress are making a website and you put a theme, which is a built-in feature, and it's a necessary feature of building the website, they will put features that are also basically necessary for the operation of your site behind a paywall. (laughs) So, yeah, it's almost like the free-to-play model for like video games where they're like oh yeah here it's a free video game but then you start hitting paywalls or you start um, not wanting to waste too much time so you can pay to expedite certain things in the game Um, but what's crazy is that you're already paying for the web page hosting you're also already paying for the domain and so yeah a lot of different things will appear to kind of take bites out, you know, for example, if you want to use MailChimp, for example, to send out uh, email marketing campaigns, it's a free account up to a thousand email lists, um, which is not a small list. Anything beyond that, you'll have to pay. And uh, a lot of these, I guess, business companies, business oriented companies, like to charge by the year so it's not a one-time thing your web hosting your even your ownership of the domain so yep no one said it would be easy but i um pay out of pocket and for right now and i do it for the love you know i love uh design i even love fashion i guess you could say um and uh, the whole world and culture that it creates and uh a lot of people that i know um men that i know wouldn't say that even there's there's sort of a tattoo oh, excuse me, tattoo a uh, taboo around it um where if we're being honest a lot of times the assumption is that well if you're in a fashion you must be gay which is obviously untrue and there are a ton of really successful fashion designers who are not gay um, like uh, Massimo for the guy who uh, he had a wife you know heterosexual guy very popular Um, he even had clothes in Target and um, a lot of videos that I've seen where they're profiling different designers um, some of them are from Japan and they're just these kind of artistic Japanese men and um, just regular normal men. And um, so it's not restricted to any sort of uh, sexual orientation by any means. But, of course, there is. It's almost like the, let me bring this full circle, like the article that we mentioned where the author of that piece um jaeger i forget her first name jaeger is saying that the designer in that in that story who was uh ola johnson that 
she was moving away from an old paradigm where women would be taken less serious, you know, if they wore for, uh, what she mentions in, as an example is like a frilly sleeve, a puffy sleeve. I think that there is a paradigm that can be ma- uh, moved away from for men, which is a, an, a, an awareness of fashion and also an acceptance of the, and also a an um a knowledge of the different decisions that you can make and i've even had kind of soft debates about this where and i i always use this i'm I, i'm in a I, sh- I should like trademark it or something or get it on my my tombstone um but that even a lack of and, and this is yeah this is um, something that I came up with one day is that even a resistance to make making fashion decisions, you know, or a decision to not care about what your fashion decisions are is a fashion decision. It's literally impossible to not make a fashion decision. Even if you were like, well, I'm going to just walk out of my house completely stark naked, that would still be a fashion decision and a pretty extreme one. Or I'm going to just wear a loincloth. Again, that is also (laughs) communicates quite a bit. And um, I mean, that's how it's been throughout history since the very beginning of time. Um, Especially if you look at, for example, European history, certain fabrics were only available to the to the um royalty um that's why they associated purple with royalty because the dyes that needed to be used to make that color were really um exotic and hard to get so they were expensive um in ancient um it is babylonian i believe or uh, the civilization that predated the Mediterranean and I'm talking about more like Middle Eastern Mediterranean as opposed to like the Grecian Isles Um, they used that blue um, and uh, that was something that became really synonymous with their culture and had a lot of communicative uh, aspects to it it was like indigo I believe So, and they were pretty hardcore back then too. So they weren't like, oh, that's uh, I don't care about wearing the blue. That's a, uh, I'm not gay. <laughs> they didn't think like that. And they also didn't have a ta- taboo uh, behind it where it was like, oh, it's either that or it's like, oh, that's girly or... Um, which, to be fair, it has not been my experience, but there has been some, it has been a topic that is, it sparks discussion. So, you know, like in, um, when I went to go out for my birthday, I had worn shorts that I kind of cropped a little bit shorter. And let's say maybe I hadn't cropped them so short, which was, by the way, not the intent, that's just how they came out. I actually like them. I think they're really comfortable when it's really hot. I think they look good the way they came out. 
but they sparked a conversation with the people that I was with that went with me to my birthday and um that that says a lot I mean if I would have just come out wearing some regular Joe Schmo boot cut jeans that wouldn't have been a, even have been a topic of conversation so your fashion decisions are very powerful and one of the things that we want to communicate with our clothing is the we want them to be conversation starters um we want them to make people laugh and i have um field tested the the laugh out loud ability or the uh i need to come up with a sweet name for that metric um but when i first started making the designs i would show them to people that i was hanging out with at the time and uh, laughing out loud was a reaction that i got from almost everyone but the one person that didn't um i think she was just a sour puss cuz i know what i got babe um and um the reason why that was such a, an important thing was because the I noticed that the media that I consume that's a an important factor to me, and um, I'm a consumer just like other people are consumers, and so that's one way that we can even have ideas of what to test in the marketplace because you know what you respond to, so you know thinking about like copy or um, like ad copy sales copy. Um, we've mentioned before that a lot of people know how to do the impression of the like stereotypical commercial um, voice actor, which is, you know, like, it's like, you know, they always start with the rhetorical question. It's like, you know, got a lot of junk that you need moved from your house. And a lot of people really know how to tap into that character. Um, so they know that because they experience it in their own lives. But once you, it's funny because just being aware of that doesn't make you a good marketer. <laughs> Not in the slightest. That's the very, you start to realize it's like that old ancient Greek saying, it's like the the more you learn, I think, I don't even remember who said it, but maybe, maybe Aristotle. It's like the more that you learn, the more you realize how ignorant you are. Um, and you're like, wow, there's so much that I don't know. So every single day you can just get closer to the goalpost. And, um, we made it through and we didn't talk about Barbie because, um, we had a, a, an episode for Barbie. We did that one. So I don't care if people are saying it's the summer of Barbie. My attention span isn't that long. <laughs> and there's other cool stuff to to talk about and get into. And so I haven't been back to the graphic design table in a while. Mostly because I notice that when I'm on low carb I have better designs and ideas. So I need to get back on low carb. Um, so I don't go up a size in jeans again. 
but also so I can make some sweet designs. But the website has been coming along pretty great. And we're still here. We're still on the gen spec, you know. I think, what is this, episode 6? And uh, not only will uh, Apple Podcasts take your money on a yearly basis, but uh, RSS will take your money on a monthly basis to host your podcast. So more bites being taken out. And so this is a uh, financial plea from me to you. Um, your donation today will get you a conversation starter shirt and it will fund the operation. little joke we like to think that the designs speak for themselves and so when you get the chance well the actual website it's kind of, oh boy is it coming it's gonna rock your bloody socks off but for right now it's www.lambdog.store so no.com lambdog.store because lambdogstore.com will take you to the work in progress site which if you want to take a peek go right ahead but it's <laughs> it's broken to all hell for sure so um but maybe peruse and maybe find one you know like the tortured salad design is a good one you know it's a salad that says um it, it's a friendly looking salad it says i like to be tortured um if she's inked she's kinked is a really good one and i had a few more ideas about that and so um, yes website so is definitely coming consider soon boy it's boy oh boy inked, she's kinked socks and, off, um, man. which is just for now so true. get you a design um so many you know, great designs you know it's pride month so is maybe really get you a tuesdays um because it looks like Tuesdays for t-shirt like that's like in a Arizona. comfort tee <laughs> and the motif on it says sister slay but then upon closer which examination is way better messaging than uh, you're endorsing a, and also uh, misdemeanor it's in and a comfort felony. so for all my all my fellas out there fellas if you're listening i hope you're listening we're catering to you too we got comfort tees they are slim fit though so consider going a size up and remember that it's only a Barbie world if you let it be. Your world, your rules. And I'm not a Barbie girl in a Barbie world. And that's okay. And you know what else I've done last night? I caved. And I got my free trial started for Paramount+. Plus. Because they have a bunch of trash reality television from the early 2000s. So if you want to talk about 2000s core. Oh bring it. Oh bring it. We may not be starting a fashion design company. Like my friend from New York. Who sells gladiator sandals. But our design process is thoroughly 
informed by the early 2000s. And you know what? You heard it here first, folks. We started that trend. That's right. Y2K, more like Y2 Slay. It's not next-gen technology. It's next-gen... Wait. (laughs) Mess that up. It's it's next-gen spec technology. So if you want to party like it's 1999, Prince, I got a raspberry beret. I'm paying attention to silhouettes now, Prince. You were a fashion icon and you gender-bended. Gender-bent, just like David Bowie, so it's okay. And uh, I say the same thing to you. If someone says you're girly, um, tell them where they can stick it. And if they say anything worse than that, tell them they can pound sand. And if uh, they try to escalate it, go ahead and give them my email address. That's right. Credible threats only. (laughs) Tell them to send me a sternly worded email. And, you know, I want to leave you on thinking about that article again. You can be feminine and also strong. Or so I've been told. So I've heard. So, you know, that's why it's just so inclusive, you know, on on Genspec. I mean, this, you want to talk about blazing trails I mean just the Chevy of trailblazers and uh, you know it's got me really thinking about Portland um, home of the trailblazers and so for your next fashion decision for God's sakes make sure you don't buy a Hurley shirt (laughs) no offense to Hurley but it's vicious out here, man. It's a, um, they don't call in competitors for nothing. Um, and so I will see you soon. And, um, if I see you in a Hurley Quicksilver or Billabong shirt or, um, rip, rip curl, I'm going to personally generate a coupon code for you. And it's going to be something like Y2 Slay All Day, Y2 Yay, Y2 Slay. And because we're crossing chasms here of formerly untraversed territory. And that's all to put you in a better t-shirt. Because we're the Macintosh. We're like if Steve Jobs met Macintosh and Spencer's gifts. We're basically the Apple clamshell computer of Spencer's. And so keep keep abreast, you know. Keep, keep very abreast. Because that website is coming soon. And the UI is, you know. 
It's just mwah. Um, and so happy Pride Month, y'all. Happy Pride Month. Best way to celebrate, get you a Tuesday shirt. Available now in Classic Tee and I believe one other. And we are also going to corner the market and start making more merchandise type stuff. Um, like tote bags. I just had like the biggest mental download because tote bags were like in. So we missed the boat on that. So maybe we shelf the tote bags for now. So instead, man, do yourself a favor. Go to lambdog.store and get you a shirt that says, Who Needs Blow? <laughs>